I'm Chief Cheryl Victorian. This is Waco PD on the beat. Whether it's crime or just getting to know the Waco Police Department, we're here to talk about things that matter most to you. Hello, hello, and welcome to Waco PD on the beat. I'm the public information officer, and my name's Sierra Shipley. And I'm the Crime Stoppers coordinator for McConan County named A.J. Smith. <laughs> we got our names right this time. Finally. <laughs> Good job. Well, we have uh, we got our unit podcast this week. So we bring on someone from a different unit at the police department. We have many of them. And this week we're talking about the K-9 unit, a unit that everyone is very interested in because everyone loves the pups. Everyone. Except, except for the, the cats. Except, except yeah. for the cats. That's <laughs> good. Well, we've got K-9 Officer Vern Darlington here. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate no it. Problem, no problem. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So let's talk about, before we get into all about the dogs, let's talk about you first for a little bit. What, uh, how long have you been here at Waco PD? Talk about your kind of career in law enforcement. Okay. Um, well, I came, uh, I spent uh, four years in the, in the Marines and then uh, came to the PD in 2004. Um, and so I've been almost 18 years going, or a little over 17 and a half or so years here now. Um, uh, I started off in patrol. Most people do. Um, from there, I was uh, actually got to be uh, lucky enough to be one of the first six founders of the street crime unit. Um, did that for uh, several years. And then I've always had an interest. I've always loved dogs and had an interest in canine and policing. Um, we got to use them a lot and, and interact with them a lot within the street crimes unit. And uh, so when a spot came up, I knew... Uh, if I was going to do it, I better take the opportunity and test because they don't come open too often. And I get it now that I'm here. Uh, you know, you get you get in and one, you can have a dog for many years. And um, two, um, you know, it's it's a it's it's rewarding in different ways. Uh, so I can see why people you know don't always want to leave, you know, uh, very quickly and spots stay yeah. uh, secured for a while. So I put in and um, was lucky enough to uh, get the job back in 2010. So I guess I've been oh, about wow. 11-ish or so years now, K-9. Oh, uh, yeah, about 11 or so. Um, That's awesome. And I've enjoyed every minute. So <laughs> it's great. Well, yeah. If, I mean, if you like dogs, right? You have to like dogs to, to be in the K-9 unit, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Not be afraid of the fur either. That's Yeah, well, <laughs> that one took me a while to get used to. My OCD <laughs> and, um, you know, getting the hair all on me and in my car and everything else. It took a whole, took a little minute to get used to that. But, um, you know, I usually once a day before my shift, I vacuum. I still carry a lint roller. And uh, we make it work. Very good, very <laughs> good. So, uh, seems self-explanatory, but what is the canine unit? Yeah, so um, basically, um, you know, uh, a handler and, and a dog work as a team um, within the unit. And uh, the dog has um, special skills that we don't have um, and senses that we don't have. And we use those senses basically to... Uh, we call it work as we're working a dog, but for a dog, it's play. It's we, we change everything to use their senses and skills that they have to be um, uh, to play uh, slash work for us and, and make it fun. Um, and then we play with toys with them to make it fun. And then before you know it, we have them doing all kinds of jobs for us. 
um, and they're having the time of their life, and they're just trying to please us and 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 work through you know obstacles or, or, or find drugs, bad guys, and so forth. Right, and we only have three of the officers in the K nine unit, right? We have three teams uh, here now. Hopefully, we can uh, you know build upon that sooner than later. Uh, we've been working on that for a while. Um, um, we have uh, myself, um, Officer Butcher, and Officer Cody Weiser. Uh, Butcher has K-9 Andor, and Cody Weiser has uh, K-9 Storm. Very nice. good. And so how uh, how does it go about, you know, finding that dog or, or picking that dog for the K-9 unit? Yeah, so um, that can be a job. Uh, you know, when you pick a dog – you have to put a lot of time and energy into that um, because a dog typically will last us. A dual-purpose dog for us will typically last us like eight to ten years. Um, you know, given no early medical retirement, anything, something comes up. And, um, you know, that, that dog can really make or break you not only as a team, right, uh, but as a unit in your effectiveness um, because not all dogs are created equal. And so we go through a selection process um, <clears throat> where sometimes we have been to 10 plus 13 plus vendors before looking at five plus dogs at each vendor. And we just can't find the dog that's for us. Um, you know, we help a lot of other agencies around here and even outside of McLennan County, we go to surrounding counties to help them around here as being one of the biggest, you know, units around and having dual purpose dogs where others don't. Um, so one, nobody wants to have a, a team player or a teammate that doesn't pr- doesn't produce quality because it makes us all look bad. But um, once we go through uh, selecting a dog, uh, there's a bunch of different steps. I can go into that if you if you yeah. want to know or so interested. But real quick for people that don't know, what does dual yeah. purpose mean? Yeah, so um, a lot of times people know that dogs find drugs right in policing or they find bombs or whatever. Um, and a lot of dr- just drug dogs or just a bomb dog or maybe just a cadaver dog that looks for people, you know, buildings or whatever, uh, those are single-purpose dogs a lot of times. So w- dual-purpose for us means that they do one of those scent um, items, and plus they work patrol aspect. And so patrol breaks down in a multitude of things such as um, tracking. Uh, we'll do article searches. Uh, we'll do building searches. We'll do open area searches, uh, which could be like, you know, in a field or large, large area where somebody may be hiding. Um, uh, We also do uh, the drug side of things for us. It's drugs. Sometimes it could be bombs or whatever. Uh, But that would be one purpose, the drug. And then patrol, uh, which also goes into apprehension of the bad guys and and so forth, um, encompasses all those other things that I just mentioned. Um, Now, some dogs... Uh, uh, or some departments may not do as many of those things, uh, and then some may, you know, encompass anything and all that they can. Sometimes that also dictates on how good of a dog you get, right, on how much you can put on the dog um, uh, and their abilities, because not all dogs' abilities are the same. So. Interesting. And then, so that's the answer that's to your question. That's the dual purpose. <laughs> and then you were going into, like, the selection process, some yeah. of the stuff you guys look um, for and do. So everything we do is based off of the dog's natural drive, right? So you, um, most people understand that um, a dog in the, in, the, in the natural, right, wilderness, kind of like wolves, they, they operate in packs. 
Um, and then they have drives such as like prey drive, right? Um, so for an example, um, uh, you want to, you want to, you need to be the leader of the pack. Everybody should be the alpha over their dog. <laughs> uh, otherwise when you can't control your dog, either drug dog eats treats and your dog runs your house. Like sometimes <laughs> people will often admit, right? They're the alpha, right? So for us, um, dogs run in pack and it's good. Uh, you know, we, be, we become alpha. Do you hate crime? Do you like money? Then call Crime Stoppers and help us arrest bad guys. By providing information that leads to an arrest or solves a felony case, you can earn up to $2,000. Call 254-753-HELP, which is 4357 for those of you that don't remember the good old days of texting. And additionally, you can now call Star Star Tips, which is way easier to remember. If you call Star Star Tips, it'll connect you to somebody in the area. And then when you hang up, it'll send you a text message where you can add additional information as you get it. Help us solve crime and make up to $2,000 in the process. That's right. By sending in a tip, it's completely anonymous. And if it leads to an arrest, you could earn up to $2,000 in a reward. And just to remind you all, tipping ain't snitching. Heck yeah. Well, first we'll look at um, dogs. And for example, I, I gave you prey drive, right? As one of their, their drives. So we will... Uh, can, we can use a toy, an example, right? And we could throw a toy um, that they're, they're interested in playing with. Um, we could throw a toy out and work on their hunt drive, right? Um, and find, does that dog, will that dog quit and give up if they can't find their toy? Or will they just go out for a minute and, and then come back? Will they seek help from us? Or will that dog hunt for that toy until he finds it, right? So those, just as an example... Um, using hunt drive, we would test that on all these dogs and kind of rate them and figure out where they are. Now, there's some things that you can tell instinctively just being in the business, you get to understanding that you can see certain things on certain dogs and know that that can be built upon. But if they don't have the basics or a good ground for the basics as an early pup, or um, we typically start looking at dogs about a year to year and a half, um, and if they don't have it by then, their natural instincts, uh, then, you know, that it's, you're going to have a lot more problems trying to build on natural instincts. So, uh, we basically test those types of drives out and, um, at different vendors and then grade them, give them a grade. And then, you know, at that point we we'll make a selection process out of one of the dogs where we decide that none of them are quite good enough. We move on to the next vendor. Very good. So and when you guys get, sorry, go ahead. When you guys get the dogs, they're at a year, year and a half. Do they have any police training, or are you guys getting them? Yeah, typically we call um, they'll have a little bit, and we call them green dogs. So what that means is they uh, they have the very beginning basics of let's say finding drugs. Right? They may not. They may only have a couple drug scents on them that they find, and we add more later. Um, they have the very basic instincts on maybe. Um, uh, maybe building searches every now and then you can get some vendors that will already have started maybe tracking. But a lot of those things that we talked about, we actually do once we get the dog back again, they're so early in that, in that uh, stage of the game um, that we're looking for the, the quality of drive that the dog has. And then we know we can put and train anything else we want on them later. So a lot of times when we get them back, we do get them or pick them up uh, having um, the basics, just the, the, oh. the fine. Oh, there's a bird that flew through. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, 
I clicked the little crickets. <laughs> oh, those were crickets. My bad. Um, <laughs> so we, we get the basics um, or, or know that they have it. And then once we get them, we just build upon that. And once we have them um, ready to go and get certified, we do uh, certification every year. And we have to certify as a team, right? So the handler and the dog together have to certify as one. Um, so there's different things throughout the certified process, but the dog can go and do its job. But if the handler misses things, then you don't certify as a team, right? So um, once we get through certification, then we're ready to take the dog to the streets. Sweet. Interesting. And so now I'm, I'm sure, like you said, a lot of people want to know this question is how much all that costs? Yeah. <laughs> how much does the dog cost? But before you say the number, then yeah. go into that money is being put to good use and, and the resources and the resources that those dogs can replace and help with on the streets. Yeah, absolutely. So um, quite often you'll hear people will hear that's a big question that's asked of us a lot is like, how much does a dog cost? You know, a police dog. And then they hear the number and they're just overwhelmed, shocked. And then some for a minute, you have to let them gasp before you try to explain to them, you know, it's okay, though. We get our money back. Uh, but typically right now, we're looking at about $15,000 for a dual-purpose dog for us. Um, now, that's just the dog, not the extra equipment for cars and everything else that they take, you know, within, equip within the unit. Um, but to give you an example, you know, one stop sometimes um, of a drug carrier not only can – can we stop sometimes hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars worth of drugs from hitting the streets, uh, but also drug money, right? It's uh, quite often we can have 20, 30 something thousand dollars. I mean, I remember um, one year we had a, I particularly had like a $35,000 seizure um, of drug, of drug money, right? And that pays for several dogs um, just, to, just in that alone. And the dog can last you eight to 10 years. So in those, in that time frame. Um, just getting drugs and money, drug money off the street, the dog can pay for itself multiple times. Um, but as you were saying, there's other things, for example, um, doing up what we call as a bark out. So if a bad guy won't come out of the house and um, we'll bring a dog in and we may uh, have to forcefully open the door and let the dog into the house if they have it locked up. But if we know we're going in there, we can allow the dog to go in and apprehend a bad guy instead of all of us. And instead of having to call out SWAT and call out an, an entourage of, of people that may be on overtime, that can cost money, it's time from their day, there may be their days off and everything else. Um, a lot of times we can simply call a dog and a dog will go bark at the door and we'll, we'll give an announcement and tell the people, look, we're coming in if you don't come out. And a lot of times the dog, people don't want to play with the dog in that manner. You know, maybe outside with a Frisbee or a ball, yeah. but not, you know, on the other mm -hmm. end of a of them about to come inside the house and apprehend you. Yeah. Uh, so they'll usually, the, most of them, nine times out of ten, are pretty smart, and they say, oh, we're coming. Here we come. What do you want us to do? <laughs> and and that, that alone saves a lot of time, resources, money, um, and, and, and also helps people get back on the streets to continue, you know, the calls and everything else for service that we may have. Right, absolutely. And, I mean, I've never been on the other side of that bite. <laughs> but we do have people that have been. Yep. I like to do that. <laughs> I would never do it without the suit. Exactly. We have a right. suit. Because yes. sometimes even with the suit, I'm like, holy crap, that doesn't feel great. But Yeah, I, I think that the suit probably weighs more than me. <laughs> I'm going to bet that. It, it, they're heavy. They're yeah. definitely yeah. heavy. The new um, one doesn't want to let you run either. You got to kind of waddle like 
yeah. a duck. Right, uh, right. Especially when they're newer yeah. like that. They're they're still stiff, not quite broken in. Yeah, so it's it's not as flexible. Now, now when mm. we train our new recruits, they have to be, you know, tased and pepper sprayed and all not that. Tased. Not tased. Sorry, excuse me. Well, Unfortunately, some, some, they don't have to go through some that Some departments yeah. do do I the tasing. I wanted to get tased. I never wanted to get pepper sprayed. And guess which one I got the yeah. pleasure of experiencing for a week. The pepper spray. Yeah, every time I showered, I'd cry for yeah. about a week. <laughs> well, I should say, excuse me. Yeah, some departments have their officers get tased. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but we just do the pepper spray. Uh, but I'm sure you had to be bit by the dog before you could... In the canine unit, right? So, with the suit, maybe. So, not only <laughs> in the canine unit, but we do now work with all of our recruits. So, over time, some things that we've learned um, that could potentially help us as handlers or help us save our dogs. Um, you know, sometimes if a bad thing were to happen to one of us as a handler on the street, um, our dog can can go into shock if something happens to the dog or us, or go into protection mode. Um, even against people they work with every day. Typically, the dogs know who, who are the, the police they're around every day. They know. You might not be home with them, but they know you from working the streets. Uh, but when something were to happen to one of us, uh, sometimes that goes out of the window and they just go into protection mode. And so what we've done is we've trained with our um, rookies and everybody now when they come in and teach them like an officer down drill. So if something were to happen to us or the dog, we teach them if we're not there and not capable and able, instead of potentially having to, sometimes it happens where they shoot the dog because they don't know what to do and they can't get to us to help us. Um, now we've given them a variety of things um, to help them understand, go to our car. Here's some tools in our car that you can get a bite sleeve or, you know, a toy um, here's where our leash is, different things like that to distract them and to get them into the car and locked up where they'd be safe and then they can get to us. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that takes a lot of time and energy to teach that. So what we do is now we just teach everybody coming in uh, as recruits. Um, they don't physically get bitten, but they get bit by wearing a, uh, a sleeve, mm-hmm. which is, you know, goes up your, your forearm and just past your elbow and kind of up your towards your shoulder. Um, so it's not a full suit, but then it's a controlled environment uh, where we guide the dog, you know, into the sleeve, um, mainly helping the um, new recruits or whatever um, feel a little more comfortable, <laughs> uh, right. because they're in a they're thrown in a very uncomfortable situation real quick. Um, and then we, you know, further the drills on to get the get them in the car, and then teach them how they can help us. Yeah. Something you've really in the past you've articulated it really well. Like the dogs aren't biting because they're vicious killer animals. Like yeah. Can you tell whoever's yeah, listening a good, to this that's a good your one. best way um, of explaining it? It's a good one. So, like, uh, back to where I said earlier, everything is a game to them, right? Even down to chasing down and and grabbing the, ba- the bad guy, right? Well, a lot of times people will say, well, you know, the dog's biting the bad guy or whatever. And um, you have to think of it like this. Um, when the bad guy's hiding, the dog is playing hide-and-seek. And it is, it is a game for the dog. They, they are working on their hunt drive, and that is a game. That's a natural instinct for them. Um, at the end, they have fun because when we train, we wear a suit, and when they you know uh, grab onto us to pretend like they're apprehending a bad guy through the suit, um, you know, it doesn't hurt us, but we pretend like we're a bad guy. We scream, we, we fight them, you know, we play and they, they enjoy that. Um, that's part of catching the, the, the prey and, 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 
and fighting with the prey. And, and uh, so it, everything builds on those natural instincts, becomes a game. They're not biting out of aggression because they're mad. Uh, they're, um, they're biting because it's fun and they don't have hands, right? <laughs> Bottom line is they only have sure, a mouth yeah. to grab you. And if they have yeah. to grab you, you know, they have to do it with their mouth. Um, uh, so they're not trying to hurt anybody. They're they literally, you can take them off of a, of a, of a suspect, a bad, you know, people that you've caught or whatever. And if you, at that point, if the, if they, uh, were to be calm and not aggressive or whatever, you could literally let them pet the dog right afterwards and the dog <laughs> yeah. would be okay with that. Right. Um, and that, that just goes to show you that it's, it's not aggression. They're not biting to hurt anybody. They're biting because they don't have hands. Our ride along program is a great opportunity to get to know what it's like to be an officer for a day. By simply filling out an application, you can ride in a patrol car with an officer on duty to see what it's like to serve and protect your community. You cannot, however, ride if you have an active warrant. The ride-along program is monitored based on COVID-19 cases. Currently, cases have been low enough to reopen this program. And we request that you ride along for a minimum of two hours, and rides are not available on Thursdays. But for additional guidelines on submitting a ride-along request, you can visit the Waco Police Department and ask for a ride-along form. And that's, right. you know, that's how they hold on to things. Um, and they definitely run faster, too. Yeah, I will yeah, say. quite fast. Never, never <laughs> gonna, never gonna win a race with that one. No, no, <laughs> not at all. And you most likely, you probably won't uh, have higher jumps or ups or crawling right, yeah. or anything else. You know, mm-hmm. especially uh, the dogs you guys have because they're all at least part Malinois. And I've seen some videos of those dogs jumping, Ooh. put it on a twenty foot pole. Yeah, and they catch it. They got like some nothing. ups, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. speaking of that, what? Yeah, what breed of dog do we have here at the department? Yeah, typically um, we could go with whatever the handler deems, you know, they would want when at a vendor. Uh, we don't have, um, you know, anybody telling us what we have to have, but we typically go with Malinois. Um, we do have one Malaherd right now. Uh, one of our newest dogs is a, uh, a Malaherd is a half Mal and half German Shepherd. Um, uh, shepherds have kind of been phased out between military and policing for a while now. Uh, they, they're not completely gone and they're probably won't ever be completely gone. Uh, but w- a Malinois, um, is, is just a little bit faster. They're a little bit smaller. Um, when I say a little bit, um, a female Mal could go between 50 to 55 pounds. Um, a male, you know, uh, unless they're, um, extraordinary, uh, you know, between 70 and 75 on the high end, sometimes they could go more, but a German shepherd, you're going to be a hundred plus typically. And now think about taking that German shepherd, hundred plus. 120 plus pound dog and picking him up and putting him into an attic, right? Or picking him out, picking him up and putting him into a semi truck or out of a semi truck or up and down and all this stuff. It's much easier to take a 50 to 75 pound dog and do that with versus, you know, 100 plus. Just toss him um, in there. <laughs> the other thing is they're, they're a little bit smaller. They're not quite as tall. They're not quite as long. Um, and they're not quite as broad. Um, most people don't even realize the difference between a mal and a shepherd. Um, and if you don't know dogs very well, you typically won't just be like, oh, that's not a shepherd. You know, they, mm-hmm. they just see police, they see a police dog and they just assume kind of a shepherd. Um, but when you see the two side by side, you can easily tell the difference. You know, a shepherd has the slant, you know, you know, down its back. A mouth is just a, stands up like a regular dog. Um, but their colors, their snout, a lot of that's really close to uh, being identical. They're just a little bit smaller. So sometimes they think it's just a smaller shepherd. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. Okay. So we typically go at mouths because of those reasons. Um, they also have less health issues over time. Um, you know, shepherds are predominant, you know, for getting, you know, hip issues and everything like that. Um, mouths have been a lot more healthier for a, a period of time. Um, um, so for us, um, that's right. kind of the... Well, and to keep the longevity of the dog, too, that's what we're going for. Right. So how is the cars? Everyone's always afraid about the dogs in the cars and yeah. being being locked up, especially in uh, the Texas heat we in have the summers, here. Right. So, but yep. your cars are a little different. You're not taking bad guys to jail, really. Yeah, typically we don't. We can't. Now there are <laughs> they some. They wouldn't want to go in the back. <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, so the back of our car is just a canine kennel, uh, just for the dog. They do have some cages out there where it's like three quarters of it is for the dog, and then a quarter is just enough to sit somebody in. Uh, we typically don't use those because we have a dual purpose dog. Um, also, there's been times where people have, uh, they will often try to hide things in the back of a police car, right? And sometimes uh, drugs could be one of those. So what we don't want them to do is try to slip it into the dog, the dog were to ingest something, um, or them just be able to mess with the dog. Being a dual purpose dog, if they tried to agitate the dog or whatever, um, or the dog felt threatened, the dog could try to attack you know, through the metal cage, which he wouldn't be able to get to them, but it could cause, you know, damage to the dog. So we just, you know, opt out of doing that to keep the dog safe. Um, and so the back of the car is just a big kennel for the dog. Uh, they do have a place for water. Um, typically, we don't feed while we're at work, uh, so that's not uh, normally an issue. Um, but they have their own water bowl, rubber mat, um, uh, air conditioner uh, vents usually to come down on them. Uh, the cars are outfitted differently, though, because the... Uh, we call it door pop. Um, we have a remote that we carry with us on our belt with all our other gear, and we could push it at any time we're away from the car, and it'll pop the door to allow the dog to come out and come find us. So if we need the dog, um, we don't always have to go back to the car. Um, included in that system is a variety of safety features. Um, in Texas especially, it gets hot, and everybody hears about you know dogs fatally getting left in cars, um, and we obviously try to everything we can to ever prevent that. So there's alarms in the cars for carbon monoxide. There's alarms in the cars for fire. There's alarms in the car for heat and monitor the temperature and all that, um, the, the heat, carbon monoxide, and, um, uh, and smoke. So if any of that stuff were to happen or to occur, including the car were to die or lose power or lose battery, um, the system recognizes that and it will... Um, depending on what it is, if it's too hot and the air conditioner quit working, um, it will automatically roll down both of the back windows. And then there's a huge fan. Um, it's basically like a radiator fan on a car and it pumps a ton of air through the car. So, um, it may be a hundred and something degrees out and the car may be getting hot, but when you have a hundred degree air forcefully being, f you know, force through one window and out the other window of the car, it keeps that car cool. So it, it, at least it'll stay at a hundred and you're not going to cook your dog. Right. Um, uh, it will, at that time, anything, uh, any measures it takes um, because of any of those situations, it will either text you and or call you. If it doesn't um, receive an answer from us, um, it will then go to the next handler and the next handler, even if you're not at, uh, at work or whatever. Um, and then eventually uh, can go to from all the handlers then to our supervisors. So it'll keep calling and just keep rotating through that list until somebody answers and then acknowledges that uh, and gets to the car and fixes or corrects the situation that may be going yeah. wrong. So that um, 
uh, costs a little bit extra money to outfit our cars that way, but uh, to save a dog's life, you know, and, and um, the money that they cost, it's well worth it. Oh, you know, absolutely. Insurance yeah. that we get to keep forever with that car. Yeah, especially if the dog will make that money back in no time. Absolutely. <laughs> so how, you said there was only three of you, three teams in, in this so. unit. So how does it go about the shift? Yeah, so uh, with <laughs> three, we with don't quite have enough to have 24-hour coverage, right? Um, but what we, we typically do right now is we have one officer that splits um, kind of the day shift and the evening shift between the two work groups that we have. Um, and then we have another two that split um, the night shift half of the evening shift and half of the night shift, but they only stay with that work group. So they work every day that A group works and then every day that B group works and they split the evening and day shift so that they typically, there's always a dog available. And then um, on the day shift side, uh, they split the shift. So instead of working only A group or only B group, they work half of A group and half of B group um, and then they also split between the day and the evening shift. So once again, hopefully everybody would be able to see a dog. Um, now day shift, um, well, there will be uh, a, at least two of the days that those people are at work that they might not have a dog at work, but we are always on call. Between the three of us, we're on call 24-7. Um, and everybody, we, we drill that in, like don't, don't not call us um, because – you know, we're not there because even if, even if you know your guy that's typically working is on vacation, one of us knows that we're on call and we're ready to come out at any time. Right. So, and so being on call, I mean, that means do the dogs stay with you all the time? Absolutely. Um, so they go, the city pays for a kennel um, at, our, at our residence um, and then um, they stay um, at, at our house or residence. Um, a lot of times we spend more times with our dog than we do our family. Right? Uh, cause literally the dogs are with us at home. We take care of them. Uh, then we come to work, uh, 10 hour shifts and we take care of the dogs for then. And then they go right back home with us. Right. So while we're at work, we don't see our family, but we're, we're but we're still with our dogs. Um, so we joke about that sometimes that, you know, that's where we get very close to them. Right. right? And as a, as a team and a partnership, um, you're, um, it's, it's kind of crazy to say, but just like you can work hand-in-hand hand with a partner on the street, and sometimes y'all don't have to, to talk, you know, it gets that way with a dog. You know, sometimes you know what that dog will do, and that dog will know what you will do, um, and they'll just react or react based upon, you know, y'all working together, you know, so well sometimes. So Yeah. That's, How, been, go ahead. that's been one of the coolest things when I do get to work with you guys, if I'm decoying or whatever, like seeing the dog just working, like, how focused they are, how driven they are, and then just watching you know what the dog's doing before it comes and gets me or right. whatever. It's just yeah, it's amazing. The so in sync, and and the things that the dogs can do um, will amaze you every time, right? Yeah. Um, the the sense of smell and the sense of uh, that they can even sense whether you are upset. Whether that's why right. they have you know different types of dogs for different types of people because dogs can feel emotions right, um, and so there's times where um, all of a sudden as a handler you realize something's not right with my dog right now. My dog's queuing off. He's he's being really hyper vigilant, you know, or whatever. And then next thing you know, around the corner comes this guy that's ranting and raving, and you know, 
maybe ticked off at the police or something, and now you get it. Like, he was able to sense that way before I even was able to see somebody. Yeah. You know? So it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. I mean, in a sense, I mean, obviously – the community sees our officers as protectors of the community and things like that. But these dogs are almost protectors of our officers as well. Absolutely. Yeah, quite often will um, not only do they help in situations to um, help s- civilians, right? Because uh, quite often we can find lost children. We can find elderly people, you know, because um, we all do friendly tracks. All our tracks are friendly, um, which just means that at when at the end when we're tracking we're um, we're rewarding them for the find. Like they don't they don't apprehend at the end. Now they can apprehend if they're told to, but that's not you know how we typically train. And um, so they help them, and then they also are are there for us, and not just myself, but um, the other officers that they're typically around. You know, very and interesting. And you just said something that I didn't really realize until I would work with you guys a few times was that like the dogs don't just bite. Like you give them a command to do whatever they're supposed to do. And, like, even as much as they want me in that bite suit, you can walk them around, you know, inches from me, and I'm terrified, like, where are they going to get me? I didn't, I'm not going to be ready for it, but they won't bite until given the command to. Yeah, extreme discipline, right? Yeah. Um, and that's very important with the dogs is, as you can imagine, you don't want to have a dog that could just – you don't want to have accidental bites, right, or anything yeah. where a dog just accidentally or does something that he, he should know or that you – um, should have prevented to do. So um, a lot of training goes into these dogs. You know, we train every single week with our dogs. And first and foremost, like a pyramid, the groundwork has to come from discipline, right? You have to be, you have to have that obedience and the discipline down because if you don't have that, everything else can crumble, you know, at some point in time. Yeah. That's yeah very, they're very disciplined. They're phenomenal. To kind of brag on you guys, like, your dogs are extremely disciplined because some of the other trainings that I've helped with where people from outside of the county come and their dogs don't listen so well and, you know, I'll be sitting there and they're just, like, trying to get the dog off and the dog's not listening. And I'm like, dude, your dog hurts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I get a Waco dog next time, please? <laughs> yeah. um, we, we are uh, – I would say we're all proud of that. Like, we work hard on all of our dogs, and I think we've, um, you know uh, – I'm not trying to pat us on the back or anything or, or sound, um, um, I don't know, uh, boastful or anything, but we've definitely made a name for ourselves around here at the PD, um, and not us, just the unit, right, in the quality of dogs. So um, that's that's why I think we're, we're trusted so much, not only within the county, right, like all the different agencies in the county that we will con- continuously help, but even outside of our county, you know, um, they will call. And, and we uh, also, for that reason, um, we, we quite often try to engage with and ask anybody around in the county and outside of the county, come train with us, right? Yeah. And it's not to say that we're better than anybody, but they could have tools or new things that we don't know about and vice versa. But we also want to help everybody, you know, too, not just us because we're, you know, you should never think you're the best and you should never think that you don't have no room to continue to train and get better, right? Um, and we don't, uh, but but we do like to uh, work with everybody else too to help them, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so that all the bad things that could happen potentially with the dog don't happen. And it not, not just wouldn't hurt or affect us, but it could hurt another agency or city or, or heaven forbid, you know, somebody in the civilian 
uh, sector. Definitely. Absolutely. I have a question that I just thought of. Yeah. Who gets to name the dogs? <laughs> typically, uh, when we get them at a year to year and a half, they typically already have a name. Uh, but if if the handler doesn't like that name, we, we have had handlers that have changed it before. And sometimes the name really, sometimes they can have a name that wouldn't be, you know, public friendly, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and um, And it's... Not intentional. Nobody was trying, right. but but sometimes the perception you have to manage too, right? So you don't want to be going around, you know, c- hollering at your dog, killer, come here, killer, you know, or whatever, <laughs> right? It it would it'd be a bad, right. you know, yeah. it'd be a bad image, right? So, um, uh, so sometimes if the name doesn't really sound good or the handler just doesn't like it, period, we can change it. But that it doesn't take. Okay. I mean, these dogs are so smart. It don't take you know, a couple days to figure out that you're not calling them Cujo anymore and you're calling them <laughs> something else, right? Oh, jeez. Not Cujo. <laughs> so, yeah. Although I would be scared of Cujo if that was one of our dog's <laughs> names. Yeah. I'd be like, all right, I'm coming out. Don't even come. have to bark him out at that point. Just like, Cujo, bark. Exactly. Yeah. You were just like, we're going we're gonna to take I'm not it. playing with that one, man. Yeah, Cujo's <laughs> coming in. I'm coming out. Listen. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, what, what's your favorite part about being in the canine unit? Um... I would say the it, um, this almost sounds a little um, uh, staged right <laughs> here, but literally, um, I think the the good work that we can do it's amazing again and again. I can tell you over and over um, what uh, 10, 11 years now or whatever I've been in the unit, and I still get amazed by these dogs at the things that they can do. Um, and, in seeing the, the work that they do for us, um, you know, one kid, one time, you know, I can remember, um, particularly one of the dogs found, a um, a, uh, a challenged child that was lost and you can imagine what the parents felt like. And it was out in the country and, and they thought the child was in the woods and long story short, after a while we were able to find the car and, uh, or the child in an old abandoned car on the property. Um, but if, if, if who knows what could have happened to, to, and this right. child was still in diapers, by the way, like, I mean, oh. you're talking about little kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, just one kid that you could potentially save or one uh, person or that you help or, um, the amount of drugs and stuff that you can get off the street, just, you name it, the things that, um, uh, these dogs can help with. It's just rewarding. It's, it's rewarding in another level that um, you can't necessarily talk. I can talk to the dog, but he don't necessarily talk back, right? <laughs> and he may talk back sometimes in attitude or not do, you know, exactly what I want all the time, you know, and be stubborn one day because they all have their days. Um, but without verbally being able to talk to that dog, um, knowing that that's your partner and he's got your back and he would lay his life down for you, uh, it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty rewarding. It's amazing. Um, again, just the things that they can do on a daily basis um, that you would, that still, 10, 11 years in the, in the unit now, I can still be amazed, you know, and see new things. It's just like, wow. Right. I know. Uh, Talking to you, I can see why there's not many openings in the unit. <laughs> yeah, we don't usually give that up too often. Yeah. Well, I know. That bond is just awesome watching you guys with the dogs. And even I always like to see you guys bring those dogs to, like, schools. Yes. And even though... We have to keep the dogs back, and, you know, maybe the kids can't pet them sometimes. But it's so exciting to watch those kids' faces light up. Yes. Um, we, You know, one thing, we, a big thing we do every year is red ribbon. 
Uh, we always go with, you know, uh, Sophie Martinez does a great job at putting that on and all the different schools. And we go with her and uh, a lot of the other units and, and present the dogs. And we do keep them back. And it's to be safe, right? But uh, in reality, most of the time, our dogs have enough civil dis- um um, obedience and stuff that they could they could mingle with the kids. We just sometimes be overly cautious, right, just in case. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we keep them back, and sometimes the kids don't realize uh, something they can do can turn the dog on feeling threatened when they, you know, we've been to school before, and the kids think it's cool to pick up little pebbles and start throwing rocks, right? Well, you know, something could turn a dog to be like, wait, now I'm being threatened. So, you know, we keep a little distance, but but yeah, they light up and they love to see and hear and and um, uh, we of course like to make that positive influence on them, you know, as well, um, the public and and the kids, um, uh, and then quite often uh, we usually uh, uh, at the end of those Red Women's Weeks, you know, we ask all the kids, you know, who was the best, and we kind of influence <laughs> them to tell all the other guys that canine is the best. Canine's the best. You know? Yeah, now it makes and, sense. And it's they hard get to me. And yeah. I already saw canine, so I don't have to pay attention that, anymore. Yeah, They're right. Because <laughs> you brainwashed them. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Maybe you should just start, as Crime Stoppers, giving the kids $2,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll go over you real quick. You talk about all this tip money. Where is it? <laughs> got to call in crime so oh, I can pay okay. people. All right. All right. Well, for now, then, it'll be the dogs that win. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can call into Crime Stoppers. I can give it to the canine guys, and they can go find the drugs. And there you make go. the arrest. There, there you go. go. There it's you a win win for everybody, yeah. right? That's right. And they get to visit the dog. Yeah. Yes, there exactly. In the jail cell. Well, Vern, thank you so much for joining us. Anything else that we'd like to, well, you'd like to get off your chest? Oh, or I'm, I'm sure if you got, um, you got questions, uh, I'll be willing to answer them. Um, and I'm, I'm sure we can always do a follow up, you know, oh, if yeah. you want to do some more, or maybe we can do some more in depth. Talks get about the video thing figured out. I know. I was yeah. going to say, once yeah. we get these videos back up again, we have to do something with these dogs. Yeah, we can maybe even show you we'll some training videos or or maybe real videos and, and oh, kind of yeah. show some differences or something in, in, in what the dog's actually doing. Right. Heck yeah. Maybe. Well, I think that would be yeah. very exciting. Well, well th- appreciate you having us. Thanks. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you guys for joining us today on Waco PD on the Beat. I'm Sierra Shipley, the Public Information Officer. I'm Officer AJ Smith, the Crime Stoppers Coordinator for McLennan County. Have a good one, Waco. Till next time. Waco PD on the Beat, the heartbeat serving. You.